This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast, the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs built and grew their at Digital Marketing Agencies. I am Tabitha Thomas, your host. Thanks for listening. We release new episodes each and every Tuesday. So if you like learning about digital marketing agencies, uh, hit that subscribe button. So let's jump into today's episode. Today I have with me Chantel Glenville. Chantel is the international best-selling author of What Clients Really Want and the Shit That Drives Them Crazy. The first ever book on how to create great client agency relationships written by an ex-client. She is also the founder of JY Marketing Consultancy, which provides marketing consultancy that enables businesses to increase their market share profit and appeal to target audience. If you want to get to know her a bit better after the show, you can check her out at her blog at ChantelGlenbell.com. Chantel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Super excited to have you with me. So one of the first things that we always like, you know, starting out every episode with is what the path to becoming an entrepreneur looked like. So throughout your early career, you were things like a media executive and a senior account manager at a few different companies. So what made you want to go from that to becoming an entrepreneur? Was working for yourself something that you always dreamed of or did, did something spark that idea for you? Yeah, it was definitely something I didn't think I'd ever do, actually. Um, it was completely the opposite of what I thought I'd ever do. I watched my parents create their own business when I was younger. And knowing my personality type and having seen how hard they worked and how many hours they worked, I just worried that if I did, I would never shut off. Um, and so it seemed like a dreadful idea for me to do that. <laughs> and also... I thought, you know, if I were ever going to do that as well, I would rather learn from someone else first. So I went into it feeling like I knew what I was doing, um, which is, I guess, how it did turn out in the end, because I did work both client and agency side for quite a few years first, and then wanted a bit more flexibility in my life and to be able to do things on my own terms, essentially. And so then set up my own consultancy. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what, uh, so kind of the same question. So what sparked you to want to become an author? I mean, is that something that you always, I want to write a book one of these days, or is it something that just kind of came about as you were working? Yeah, it naturally fell out of the experience I had working because I did get to work both agency side for quite a few years first and then go client side and I realized through all of that, that there were these same reoccurring themes that came out that were breaking down client relationships. And sadly, creating great work isn't enough to keep clients in the long run. And so having seen that actually these breakdowns in relationships were losing agencies business time and time again for the same reasons, and having gotten to be that other side to understand why all of that matters so much, I wrote the book simply because I wanted to help people and share that information. And so it wasn't even about becoming an author. It was just, I, w I felt fortunate that I got to have that experience and therefore wanted to share it if I could. Hey, if that's the best reason to write a book right there, I love it. I love it. So tell me a little bit about the work that you did previously on both sides, the agency side and the client side. What were you, what exactly were you doing in those roles? 
Um, so agency side, I worked at a number of like the UK's top advertising agencies. I was in client services, essentially. Um, so making sure everything happened, I worked across all media from TV through to brochures, um, which was brilliant experience working on the whole marketing remit. Um, but then I went client side, mostly because I wanted to get more involved in actually the tangible results and making sure the campaigns and the advertising, the marketing we were doing was driving results and was mm. effect as effective as possible. And whilst a lot of the time that was tried for in agencies, I just wanted to be closer to where that was happening um, and having a larger role in that. Gotcha. But the client side, when I, in my last role there, I think we had about eight agencies we were managing. Um, wow. So like a lot of different agencies because it was a big brand. And uh, even just that, seeing all the different agencies and the different behaviors, it became so clear the things that people do inadvertently that can harm or make relationships with clients great. Oh, actually, great uh, transition piece because that leads me to my next question. So can we cover some of the nine essential behaviors that you believe prevent damage between clients and agencies? Or what is some of the, the key things that you see that is causing damage? Well, I think one of the, the key things with that is first realizing that the first step is preventing damage. Because I think we like to approach it and assume as agencies going into things like, yay, let's make this relationship great. And we focus on making things great, but we don't first stop and think about actually, wait, is everything okay first? Like, have we got things to an okay base level from which we can then make them great? Because until we get there, we're never going to get to great. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of the time we aren't at okay because we've been accidentally performing these small behaviors over time that have damaged the relationship. Um, and it is usually small things, um, but like I, I like to think of it like a, like a taxi um, or a cab, as you guys would say in America, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you ordered a cab and it showed up at your house and it was the most amazing cab you could ever imagine. Like it's got Wi-Fi, it's got food and snacks, it's got TVs, it's got everything you could possibly ever want in a cab. You would be thinking, okay, this is, this is a pretty great cab. You're starting to think like, this is pretty amazing. But if that cab had shown up at your house late, causing you to miss the meeting that you'd organized that cab for, back when we were allowed to go out of the house and go to meetings and things like that <laughs> pre-COVID. But, you know, assuming you were going to a meeting, if it had shown up late, so you then don't get to that meeting or you miss a flight or whatever you booked it for, mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter. None of the greatness of that taxi matters because it failed on its, like, its essential purpose. And the same thing is with agencies. Like, all of those hygiene factors of attention to detail, delivering on time, keeping in budget, all of that stuff has to be in place and done excellently actually just to keep things okay before we then get to start making it great makes perfect sense so are there any do you set aside like certain times to review whether it's it's on that baseline efficient if they're working well is there any things that that you have agencies do uh throughout the year to make sure that they're doing those those tasks properly um, I think a lot of it is training in the first place in terms of staff, um, if looking at how an agency is doing it and making sure that 
um, staff aren't just being trained to say, we need to do these things. These are the hygiene factors. These are important. Staff need to be being trained on why they're important. Mm. Like what the effects of the client, like it has on the client if you don't do these things. Because sending a piece of work over with a typo um, when it's not the final round before the website's going live or the press ad is going out or whatever it is, sending it with a typo then doesn't seem important because well, whatever, we'll amend it before the website goes live, obviously. Um, but it, does, it is important to a client because it wastes their time every time you do that because they have to then check things more thoroughly because they don't trust you're actually checking things. They have to feed back again. They have to review another version. It has a lot of knock-on effects. Um, mm -hmm. And just telling people do X isn't very effective without the why behind it so that people actually realize and care about it too rather than just being like oh my boss told me i have to do this now um so that's one of the key things with agencies and just also putting in processes like you know if you're going to deliver on time or not if you build proper timing plans mm -hmm. if you build proper budgets with contingency pots in them with buffering them like you then set yourself up better to deliver on all of those baseline factors so true. And those apply to not just agencies, but any business in general, telling somebody why they need to do something. I mean, if you're teaching a kid's baseball team, if you tell them why they need to do something instead of just doing it, it goes so much further, <laughs> so much further. So can we now talk about the five essential behaviors to take client agency relationships from good to great? What are those five essential yeah, behaviors? Absolutely. Yeah. So that is... I like to think of that more as the things you can do to make clients' lives easier. So the stuff that erodes relationships makes clients' lives harder. And then mm -hmm. once you're trying to build to great, you're focusing on everything you can do to make their lives easier. Um, and that could be done in a number of ways, but if you approach anything you're doing for them with that in mind, that sets you in a good place to start with. So like it could be anything from knowing the client's brand really well so that they're not having to come to you um, and tell you all the things because you've actually paid attention along the way. You've bothered to look at whether they capitalize the second letter of the second word and you know, you know whether something's off-brand or on-brand before sending it through to them, that sort of thing. Or thinking through everything you're developing for them so that if, say, let's use the example of websites again, like if you're presenting websites that that may be the only thing you're working on for that client. That's all you've been asked to deliver. But still thinking about for the client, what else is important to their business? So that when you present that website to them, say maybe you've developed some little like icons that sit around the site, some little characters or something. You can say to them that actually these icons would look great in their email newsletters too, or in other materials that you know they send out. And you haven't necessarily done any extra work to do that. You haven't spent more of your time or done work for free. All you have done is shown the client an understanding of their business and that you care. And doing that, doing that consistently over time will position you as their business like partner mm -hmm. rather than being just a service provider. And there are so many different agencies out there that are providing similar services that if all you're competing on is service, then you're gonna have a really hard time about it. But if you actually become partners to the brands and the companies you're working with, it completely changes things. 
So true. So true. So let's go over to one of your other books, The Travel for Your Life. It's done really well. So will you give us a summary on that? And uh, why did you decide to write that? And has the pandemic like really shut down everything for you as far as traveling? Are you you cringing and wishing that everything would go back to normal? Uh, Yeah, it's definitely affected travel quite a lot. Um, (laughs) But I mean, that's fine. Things change at times and that's just how things are right now. Um, And obviously people won't have as much of an interest in traveling overboard currently. Um, And, you know, maybe might not want to for own personal reasons of their protection, also for, you know, benefit of others too and all of that. Um, or you could be like me and look at it and say, they're all discounted. This is the perfect time to go. (laughs) I know a lot of people that have been doing that too. (laughs) So some are still traveling. Um, but the book was mainly written. It was in between me working at client side and agency side and setting up my own thing. I quit my job and I went traveling. Um, and I had been working very long hours for years. It was very stressful slightly burnt um and the book was about encouraging other people to take a break when they need to um and to take a break traveling in particular and if that's what they want to do how to get over the obstacles to do that and what the benefits will be um i guess again slightly to that why point before of that if you know the benefits fully properly motivates you to actually make the change you've been wanting to make that you might not have done beforehand but a lot, of, a lot of the benefits are related to things that actually you could benefit from traveling domestically to as well. And just actually taking that time. Like for me, one of the things it gave me was the clarity and time to work out what I actually wanted to do with my life rather than just keeping going with what I had been doing. Um, like it, it provided that break to yeah, have some mental space for once, which I think we don't get a lot of really and tend to use it all up with work a lot of the time rather than taking a step back and thinking about what do we actually want for our lives separate to that too and or what do we want for our lives for work to be to for it to be as enjoyable as it possibly can be so that's the focus of it so how long did you travel for before you made that decision um i was traveling around for about six months moving constantly um and then i stopped in one place and wrote my first book um and then that's when i started setting up um my marketing consultancy as well that's cool that's cool so one more question what was your favorite place to travel to Ooh, most beautiful is probably sri lanka or philippines Mm. it's just the scenery is just incredible and there's such a variety of things you can do there that it's yeah. really fun to travel around because it's not just the same over and over. Like there's beaches, there's hills to climb, there's, you know, safari, like there's just so much variety of it. Yeah. I've heard Philip, I have a friend that's from the Philippines. He's like, you have to go, you've got to go. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. He's right. <laughs> He's, yeah. I was like, so, so many people have said that though. They like, yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list for sure. So uh, so going back to uh, JY Marketing Consultancy, it was founded in 2015, providing a ton of services from SEO content and copywriting, marketing, communication planning, brand identity strategy and development, 
website design. There's, there's a whole list of things that you guys do. Um, are those skills that you gained during your time at the London School of Business and Finance, or were those more tricks of the trade that you acquired over time through working? So the London School of Business and Finance was a, like a mini MBA, essentially. Um, I won uh, the Wackle Future Leaders Award which nice. gave me a bursary to do some training of my choice, which was that course, uh, which probably helped a lot in setting up my own consultancy, actually, for training for that. Whereas the other things I offer in my consultancy were things I learned during my working career, essentially, like especially brand development, strategy and identity, that sort of thing. Um, and a number of the other services are things that I've trained in since then, um, even though I don't always do them myself. Um, mm -hmm. I still want to know enough about them that I could do them myself if needed so that I have a good amount of expertise in them to be able to advise clients properly on them. So, you know, if someone came to my consultancy to build a website, I'm probably not going to be the one building it. I could if I needed to, but I would rather not be the one building it, but it allows me to at least properly be able to support clients with developers that I have on my team for them to get the best solution possible because most agency solutions for clients aren't really about deliver X. Mm -hmm. It's actually about solving a business problem and a marketing problem that they have. And so that's really the thing that I think is most important is making sure they're getting that expertise in everything that's being delivered. Well, and as an agency yeah, owner, I think it's really important for people to do that. I remember when I went through and designed my first website, I hated every last minute of it, but I understood, like you said, knowing how to do it doesn't mean you have to do it, but learning how to do it and also seeing it from the client's side of things as well, the frustrations that go into building a website and, and being able to communicate the things back and forth. So those things are important as well and it, it taught me so much and I never want to build another one for the rest of my life <laughs> but I say now I can speak geek so we're good so yeah, I know it's there's some form of like excitement in that <laughs> yeah just a little just a little like never again yeah so just enough to know just enough to do damage how about that <laughs> so uh so what would make an ideal client for your consultancy right now um, I mean, I like a challenge. So I prefer it if a client has a business problem that they're trying to fix or a marketing problem or challenge and that they don't necessarily know the solution yet, rather than coming and saying, I want X. Like, I find it a lot more interesting when they don't know the answer yet. And that's, I think, also where we can add the most value really in advising what to do. Um, Personally, the part I enjoy the most is like brand identity and strategy for companies uh, and their marketing of where they should sit in the marketplace. Um, and also, I think it's something that a lot of small companies especially overlook um, when they're starting up because it's just like, let's go, let's get products, let's get going. But you're already starting to build up a brand whether you intentionally do or not. And so making sure that's right is so important but it's so easy to just skip that step and then be like, oh, I need a website, but not having thought about, you know, what the branding of that should be and how that positions their company and that sort of thing. So yes. I really enjoy that the most. Um, I mean, obviously clients with loads of money, great too. To go for them. <laughs> <laughs> just the ability so to no, do I mean, stuff. The money allows really, you to do stuff. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. No, the ones you can really work as a partner with to create something great at the end of it. Essentially. Yes. Yes. So do you have any new projects on the horizon or any exciting clients that you're working with that maybe you can tell us about, or maybe you're writing a new book, anything you got going on in the, in the future? Um, I am actually writing a new book yet, um, but I can't really say what it's about yet, okay. but um, I'm about 30,000 words through. Um, it's quite, it's, I mean, it's still, it's about, it's about advertising, um, okay. but yeah, it's still in progress. So under wraps for now. Okay. So what number does this make you for books? Is this three or four? Number three. Number three. Okay. That's exciting. Look at you. Look at you. So uh, being an author and running a business, does that free up any time to, to binge on anything? Or is there anything that you're, you're reading, listening to that's uh, helping you grow as an entrepreneur right now? Um, I usually read a number of books at the same time. I'm okay. one of those weirdos. Like I always have a fiction book on the go and then maybe like a non-fiction book or two at the same time. But there can only ever be one fiction book at a time. Like there can't yeah. be more than one fiction book, but non-fiction books, they can be jumped in and out of. That's fine. Um, I don't even tend to check the title of the fiction books a lot of the time. I just buy them on my Kindle, jump into them, read them and move on, um, which I probably shouldn't admit to as an author, should I? Uh, but nonfiction books wise, I'm currently reading Sapiens, which is amazing. Just incredible. Such an interesting book about kind of the development of humanity, essentially. Um, wow. And yeah, it's one of the best things I've ever read so far. Nice. That's a big thing. What about podcasts? Is there any podcasts that you're currently listening to? Or is that even your thing? I love podcasts, um, but I've been on a little break from them recently as I have a horrible habit of taking too many photos on my phone uh, and then not doing anything with them. And then my phone, because it's not the most recent phone, complains that I've run out of storage and deletes things. So it took podcasts off for a little bit, which I've just gotten back the other day. So um, I'm quite excited about listening to some again. <laughs> I'm notorious for that too. And it wasn't until I added um, Google Photos to my phone where it automatically like puts them in Google Photos. And I'm like, oh, now I can start deleting things and not have to stress about, you know, <laughs> seven years from now, I want to see a picture of my daughter doing whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, indeed. Such a guilty of that. So is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with about um, running an agency and how to do that successfully? I think the main thing I'd say is just always try to think about what it's like for the person on the other side. So the client, like what, whatever you're doing will be like for them, how it could potentially affect them as that will change your behavior for the better and have a really positive impact on your relationships. With them. So true. So true. So where can people get more about you? Uh, yeah, as you mentioned before, if they'd like to find out more about me, they can visit my website, chantalglanville.com, or they can go to Amazon and check out my book, What Clients Really Want. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast. I've enjoyed getting to uh, know you and, and uh, getting to see both sides of that as far as the client and the agency side of things. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.